Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's about comics, but is for everyone, not just comic fans. Every episode, we read a comic of some repute, uh, either good or ill, and then talk about it in uh, great detail. Uh, But today, we're doing something different, because I am without my regular guest. Yes, it's another solo Brad show, and we'll be returning to The Dark Knight Returns, book three. Um, This is part two of that. Uh, as published in 19, uh, 1984, I believe. And we have gotten through the cover and two pages, and we are on page three, and we're going to talk about it in immense detail. Now, if you haven't read this comic, and you didn't listen to my last podcast where I tackled it myself, it's really good. Um, okay, that's that's my own personal thoughts on it. Uh it was a seminal work, it was a watershed moment in uh, comics, for a variety of reasons. But it did, it's uh, definitely made what uh, we have today in the form of superhero entertainment, including the Marvel movies, possible because of the way it approached the subject matter and showed there was different approaches that you could take with the medium of comics. So, without any further ado... Let's talk about what's going on in this comic and uh, see how we go. So this will be uh, you know, a little bit shorter than usual. We pick up on page three. Uh, there has been a... Up to this point, there was a uh, liquor store robbery. Batman is in attendance, dressed as an old bag lady, uh, wearing a very colourful scarf. Uh, and the first panel of page three... Batman is charging out of the store. He has he's talking into his fist, which is obviously a radio of some sort, and says, Bruno is coming your way, Robin. Get her into the alley. Do not let her see you. Now, uh, so Robin, we have not been introduced yet. And when I read this, I had not been introduced to it. I knew who Robin was, obviously. Robin was Dick Grayson, the, kick, uh, the sidekick of... Batman and, uh, you know, uh, the Boy Wonder. There's a bit of a flip on this one because it is no longer a Boy Wonder. Um, So we have this ongoing action scene going on, and this is interrupted by a televised, a television screen, uh, a televised press conference from the President of the United States, Ronald Reagan. Now, you may say to yourself, hmm, okay, this really, uh, this really dates the, the story here, because Ronald Reagan is obviously not uh, President of the United States today. He's uh, no longer with us. Uh, however, 
it also, uh, because this story was set in the future, in the future of 1984 when it was published, and he would no longer be president, he should no longer be president uh, in this particular storyline because he, you know, you get your limit of two terms. So this is the most explicit political statement that we've come across so far in this comic, which is Ronald Reagan against a background of stars wearing a star-spangled uh, poncho, I suppose, over his, over his suit, is talking to the press. Uh, he's going, boys, 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 one at a time now. How about that smartly dressed youngster in the front row? And the the reporter is anxious to find out what's happening with the Corto, Corto Maltese crisis, which is a manufactured crisis in uh, Central America, which is a subplot which comes up um, later in the comic, or later in the next issue as well. But he also wants to know, but first he wants to know, what is your position on the Batman controversy? Okay, so this is the first sign that Batman might be controversial in this particular story. Uh, of course, I haven't read I hadn't read the um, previous issues when I first read this, so this was like, oh, okay, interesting. I wonder what uh, I wonder what that, all that's about. And and then uh, Ronnie starts mixing his metaphors. You know, he doesn't think that's his boo to his bull to his row to hoe. And he says it's a state issue. It's up to the governor. And then the next panel, which is uh, in truly an anachronistic style, all these panels, which are meant to be televisions, are television shaped. By which to say they have that slightly curved cathode ray tube look. So it's sort of like well, a uh, a squircle, one could almost say made to look like a cathode ray, which, of course, no longer are used for televisions. Uh, now televisions are perfectly rectangular uh, and a different aspect ratio to what we're seeing here. So this really, uh, this really dates what we're looking at. Uh, and also, like, but it's a very handy, uh, handy visual shortcut for saying this is on TV, which we no longer get to do. I mean, you can, but it's just, it doesn't, TVs aren't like that anymore. And this was something that was, uh, there used to be something similar. DC Comics used to bring out a, a series of comics called TV Comics, which were based on uh, television shows of their characters that were current of the time back in the 70s and such. So there was a Shazam version of this and a Super Friends version. And every panel, I believe, had the grounded corners to show that it was a television thing. It's a weird uh, style choice, which uh, is sort of echoed in this much more, let's say, sophisticated uh, level of storytelling in this particular book. But it's still, uh, the it lingers beyond its roots. So, of course, we've, uh, we go to the governor, and he says, look, I'm... The uh, this is the next panel. He's like got his hand up and like to shoo away these pesky reporters. He's got a whole state to look after. I, I trust the, the judgment of the mayor of Gotham City implicitly. And the next panel is, of course, the mayor of uh, Gotham City. Uh, 
And he says, as mayor, it is my duty to administrate, not to render moral judgments. Uh, so he's, he, we're kicking the can down the line, basically. And it is, he says, decision-making power is in the hands of a new police commissioner. And then we cut to uh, our studio presenter with a picture of a new police commissioner uh, behind her in classic new style. And so the Batman buck is passed to Ellen Yindel, who replaces James Gordon as police commissioner tonight. Will she fulfill her promise to issue a warrant for the arrest of Batman? Uh, Channel 2 will broadcast the banquet live. Uh, Gordon is scheduled to introduce Yindel. Uh, and there we see that there is a fellow called Tom, and he's like their, uh, their op-ed person. Uh, he says, well, we might see some sparks fly, Tom. And Tom is like, that's right, we may, Lola. But then they interrupt the program because there is a weird story that's coming down the line. I don't know whether it's an atmosphere anomaly or a UFO sighting. I think I know what it is, but we'll find out soon. And then we cut abruptly back to the action of this liquor store robbery. Bruno, the Nazi bodybuilder uh, woman, is down the alley. We see a point of view shot from behind a slingshot in bold uh, Bart Simpson style, predating the Simpsons by many years. Uh, and a small rock hits Bruno in the temple. She turns around and sees, well, Robin. It's Robin. It's a classic Robin suit, except uh, instead of a domino mask, one of those black masks, it's a sort of a wraparound pair of sunglasses with green tint uh, in a fashion I'm sure is intended to be futuristic. Uh, Bruno spits out the word spud, which is uh, some more of the future future slang that uh, that that uh, Frank Miller came up with for this particular story and the next panel is Robin leaping out of the way of a hail of machine gun fire uh, four bullets bounce around her feet as she leaps up uh, as we see in the next the next page in the first panel Robin is up onto a Fire escape, barely uh, being missed by fire, like uh, bullets bouncing on the wall beside her. And then, once again, we cut abruptly back to uh, the television thing. So, um, just to rewind a little bit to the whole uh, Ronald Reagan, Governor, Mayor, uh, Police Commissioner sequence, uh, a lot of people... Well, let me rephrase that uh, a different way. Some people uh, do not think that politics uh, belong in comic books. They uh, think that politics ruins the story for them because they want escapism, and that's all they want. Uh, and I find that, you know, comics and politics are inescapably linked from their very roots as... 
as still continues today in political cartoons and editorial cartoons in news, newspapers around the world, and the fact that their roots are, like, so politically charged. I mean, uh, Captain America, uh, first appearance, first cover of first appearance, punching Hitler in the face. This was before America had entered the Second World War, so that was a pretty... Uh, a pretty bold political statement for a comic publisher to make. Uh, and, you know, there were people, let's just say Nazis, who were upset uh, at the representation of their hero. And they went and marched on Atlas Comics, which uh, was what Marvel Comics was called back in those days, and demanded to see uh, the creators. And uh, Jack Kirby, famous legendary comic creator, and Hothead really wanted to go down and like give him a bunch of fives, so they had to hold them back. So that, and also that's uh, that's your Marvel side of things. And on the DC side, your very first appearance of Superman. Uh, what does who does he fight? He's fighting people like wife beaters. He's fighting people like slum lords, uh, people who are, uh, let's say, oppressing the minorities and downtrodden of society which is in a, a very direct political statement uh, against those things. So uh, I think when people say they don't think politics belong in comics or they don't like politics in their comics, what they're really saying is they don't like the politics that they... They don't like that sort of politics in their comics. It's the sort of politics that they disagree with. Uh, and unfortunately, that's just something we've got to put up with in this society, is that sometimes uh, we have to deal with people who disagree with us, and it may be something that we personally feel very strongly about, uh, and we just have to cope, because that's how it works. Uh, <laughs> that's how it works when you're dealing in a society which has, to the degree that we have it, free speech. Um, doesn't mean that we we uh, are free to say everything we want, or we can say anything, but we have to deal with the fact that some people might not like it, and that's just how it works. So I just thought I'd do a little sidebar about that. Now, what exactly politically, um, what exactly politically Frank Miller is saying uh, in this book is a matter of some conjecture. Because as I've mentioned already, we've, we've got uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, you know, at his jingoistic best. We've got, uh, like, fetish-geared Nazi women running around. There's, uh, there's a gender, f gender flip on the Robin character. Uh, there's, like, uh, Frank seems to, like, take pot shots at just about everyone in this book. So I'm not sure what what position he's holding politically, but we'll explore that as we go through and we see stuff. So, ah, Robin escapes gunfire. We're on to page four. Uh, Tom Sandf Sunflower Standish. Uh, he operates a newsstand, and he tells he's on the telly telling a story about how all the new newspapers and magazines suddenly blew, like suddenly moved of their own accord. We cut back to our two hosts in the uh, in the te 
in the studio. They are two hosts in the studio. And uh, Lola says, faster than a speeding. And Tom says, careful now, Lola. So this is an interesting thing. So uh, we know what's faster than a speeding bullet. We know this is a Batman comic, and we know that Superman does these sort of things. Why is this guy saying, don't say that? Because that's the most logical thing. Obviously, there's some sort of uh, some sort of censorship, some sort of verboten uh, knowledge about Superman that is currently uh, undefined by the story. And then, with that, we cut back to our action scene. Uh, Robin is hiding in the uh, in the fire escape, unseen by Bruno, who says, "Helpfully, <laughs> must have gone through that door." Ha! Uh, and there's a really neat uh, effect where. The heart is made into a part of a word balloon, so it's a little bit uh, different from what you usually get with your uh, with your sound with your uh, speech bubbles. And we can see the this is the first clear shot of uh, Bruno's buttless chaps that she has a couple of Nazi symbols on her buttocks. Uh, and when I was reading this as a 13-year-old, I was like, going, what is happening? This is crazy. <laughs> it is a pretty crazy story. Uh, so Bruno shoots the door, walks into the room uh, at the end of the alley. And then we hear a, a voice, a spooky voice. We can tell it's spooky because the word balloons that surround it are uh, irregular shaped. And the... They have a grey wash in the background, making it seem uh, somewhat uh, dark, somewhat spooky. This is like, once again, the, the power of comic books and how they can, through the use just of ink on paper, uh, give the impression of uh, sound, of movement, uh, of energy that is otherwise just not there. And Bruno, of course, looks a little spooked. Uh, and so he's like, if you're lucky, Bruno, you'll go straight to jail. But first, you'll tell me what your boss has planned on his TV appearance. Bruno goes to run up some uh, some stairs, but they collapse. There we go. We hear a creak. And go, yeah! And, of course... Uh, Batman, who has got a sense of humor, says, Don't take the stairs. They aren't safe. Uh, so Bruno has been dispatched to the floor down, the basement. The, yes. And this brings us up to page five. We can see a picture of Bruno lying in a puddle of filth, uh, surrounded by collapsed stairs, cocking her machine gun. The, uh, the caption in the same grey background as the word balloons previously, so it clues us in that this is uh, still Batman, says, never meant to give her time to cock that thing. And we see, we swap 180 degrees. We are now seeing from Bruno's point of view, and we can see the silhouette of the, the fat lady suit jumping down through the hole in the floor. Uh... The gun is firing brap at him, at uh, Batman, who is in disguise. And the next panel is a close-up of Batman's disguised face, which is quite disturbing. 
discovered uh, it's colored in covered in pustules and uh, it's got a weird texture to it it's not very nice <laughs> but it says mist uh, and the next panel is him landing on top of Bruno uh, thinking to uh, the, the the captions say lucky lucky old man so we're doing a little bit of cutting back and forth here so we're obviously cutting bet between the TV broadcast and the action in progress uh, and that was like a little four page a four panel sequence to start off the page which is just like really well done simple basic comic book 101 uh, like say show you something show something by the reverse angle close up and then the result of what happened so we cut back to the studio uh, Lola is there another bar bizarre incident this one in the South Street subway station advertising advertising agent Brian bat sorry advertising agent Byron Brassballs told reporters, and then next panel we cut to Byron, who is a disagreeable-looking fellow. He's got a scowl on his face. He's saying how he didn't do anything wrong. He was just trying to protect himself, uh, and how uh, he was alone at the station except for this beggar. He says, "I want that in quotes." And it's, then we have a panel which is not a uh, not a screen, not a TV screen, but a flashback of him. Shoving someone off the shoving someone off the platform at the train station, uh, a guy in crutches, I might add. So, and then we cut back to the interview with him. What? How was I to know he didn't have a gun? They never show you that unless they're ready to kill you. What? Oh, sure, the crutches. A lot of them use crutches, if you know what I mean. And then we cut to a the flashback once again this is now from uh, Byron's point of view we see the uh, the poor hapless chap who for some reason you decided was after him he shoved onto the the, uh, the rails he's lying there with his crutches reaching out for help and Byron is like hey he started it we're back to the TV interview it was his crutches that tripped him up babe you bet he yelled, he yelled. Wanted me to jump down and die with him. Of course I ran. Who wouldn't? So this Byron uh, Brass Balls is a real piece of work. A real jerk. Uh, and a caricature of a... Uh, caricature of a... Of a... Just a self-involved business 80s type. Uh, yuppie sort. Uh, which is... So, so Which was so prevalent in the 80s. Of which... This comic is definitely a part of. Uh, then we do one more flashback panel for this page. Uh, and it just shows Byron being blown back off his feet. Uh, he is like lifted up. He's no longer touching the ground. His, his heavy overcoat is blown back as though something has coming, is coming past at extreme speed and force. I wonder what that could be. So that puts us onto panel uh, page page six, and I think that's going to be yeah. Uh, this is probably going to be oh well, doesn't matter. Okay, so page six, 
uh, and we have a couple of quick fire panels. Once again, these are all the flashback of what's happening, which Byron is talking about in his own, from his own point of view. Uh, uh, we see that Byron has landed next to another person. We see we see that Byron has landed next to the person on the train tracks. Uh, they both look terrified because they're about to be hit by a train. Uh, the next panel we can see the the headlight of a train. And there's also a blur, a black blur in front of it, as though something was moving very, very fast. Uh, Byron is then complaining that he's sure he's got a slip disc landing on the tracks. Uh, he couldn't see a thing wing, because the wind kicked up too much soot. And he had to spend a second listening to that beggar pray like an idiot. And he says, yes, I am religious, but I've got uh, the decency to keep it in the church. Uh, so once again, this guy's just a jerk. In the, when the soot finally settled, he says, and then we have a picture of the front of the train, uh, him, Byron, and the poor jerk that he uh, knocked onto the tracks, uh, in front of the bent in front of the train, uh, the, the the guy, the poor fellow who got knocked into the path of the train is obviously he's got his hands clasped, he's praying. Uh, Byron is just looking on uh, from behind. We can't see the expression on his face, but I'm sure he wasn't impressed. And then uh, this panel is yeah, bigger to give it a little bit more impact. And then there's a final. Well, final piece of interview from him, talking about the front end of the train was crushed inwards, like something ran into it. And we cut back to the studio, and there's Lola and Tom. Lola says, like something more powerful than a locomotive, locomotive, right, Tom? And and Tom is like, Lola, the last thing we need is a trouble with the FCC. Uh, so there's like it's pretty clear that they're not supposed to be talking about superman and why is that well uh, time will tell and then we cut back so we've for the past page we've been dealing with this uh jerk in the subway and now we're back to batman beating up a nazi <laughs> so, so once again it's like uh cutting back and forth between different actions so it's a flashback of a flashback and now we're back to the current action. Uh, we have the somewhat uh, absurd image of Batman dressed as an old woman punching a half-naked Nazi in the face. <laughs> okay. And he can hear so a sound. The floor is shaking. And the next panel, which spans the bottom of the page, shows a lot of people on the street, on ground level, and they are all losing their footing as things seem to be shaking around as though something is uh, causing a earthquake. There's a rumble sound effect below their feet. We cut back to the, the TV broadcast and we, have, we cut into something, uh, someone halfway through a sentence, not an earthquake, do not panic. Whatever it is, it's localised and moving across the Gotham south side. And there's a, uh, a handsome-looking news reporter reporting that to us. And that finishes off page six of uh, Batman The Dark Knight Returns.
volume uh, book three. Uh, so I think there's like there's a lot going on. I mean, as I said, in a, from a artistic point of view point of view uh, standpoint, there's all sorts of like techniques that are being used here to tell a story. It's being told in an unusual fashion with uh, non-linear storytelling, uh, and there's also the, the the question of what's the deal with uh, what's the deal with Robin? Now he's a girl. What's the deal with Batman? Why is he dressed up as this old woman? And what's the deal with Superman? Why can't people talk about it? And what's the deal with uh, Ronald Reagan? What's he doing being president? Uh, there's all sorts of questions about this world that has come up in these three pages. So I. Once again, I'm going to call a close to proceedings for this particular recording. Uh, but if you have any comments or questions about this book in particular, uh, if you're liking this or not liking this, let us know. Uh, yeah, you can contact us at uh, troublingissues at edgecomics.com. I'll, uh, I'll put the address in the show notes. I will also... Uh, yeah, no question from the audience for this one. These these, uh, these solo episodes, I think, I just like to keep nice and uh, streamlined and short. But there is something I would like to say, and that is to plug an upcoming show I'm doing here in Brisbane, Australia. So if you're in the area and you're interested in seeing an improvised science fiction B-movie show, I have one coming up at the start of April, the 1st and 2nd of April as part of the Brisbane Sci-Fi Theatre Festival uh, at uh, South Bank Taith at the theatre there. So if you're interested, uh, please check out. Uh, go to edgeimprov.com and you can click on there uh, to the link and buy tickets and find out more about the show. It's called It Came From Somewhere Else. It's a revival of a show that I've been doing for the last... 15 20 years or so and it's a lot of fun so get in there and check it out if you can now very briefly before i uh wrap up for the day i'll just say i've been reading lots of cool comics lately so i thought i'll give a shout out for that i've read i've read uh wonder woman earth one by uh grant morrison and yannick patek patek i think pantek whatever yeah uh, and that's an interesting take on Wonder Woman. It's definitely like accentuating parts of the mythos which most people gloss over, including the uh, bondage. Well, let me rephrase that: the sexuality of Wonder Woman. Uh, and has yeah, like it's got a really cool Edda Can Candy character in there, and it's just. Yeah, I found it very interesting, and I was very disappointed when I finished Volume 2 and found out it was to be continued. Luckily, Volume 3 has come out, so I guess I'm going to have to buy that one as well. <sighs> it never ends, I tell you. I also finished reading The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, rereading the whole thing from the Volume 1 through to uh, Book 4, The Tempest. Uh, it's an interesting exercise in... Uh, world building and putting together uh, existing characters into a new story. It obviously it changed from what it was from the start to the end radically, 
which a lot of people didn't like, and I can understand that, because if they like what it started out as, they probably wouldn't have liked uh, it changing into something else. But I found it a entertaining read, uh, and a bit different. And I've also got some other... I've also got a, like, I, I received about 130 Wonder Woman comics to add to my collection uh, from a bigger order I made overseas, and I've been reading bits and pieces of those, and there are some really good ones, and there are some really bad ones. Um, but that's cool. So that's what I've been reading. Uh, hope you've enjoyed this little uh, Batman Dark Knight Returns uh, episode. Uh, I certainly enjoy raving about one of my favourite comics in excruciating detail. Uh, but once again, let us know if you like it or not. And if you do like it, stick around. Oh, I will also mention that we are almost coming up to the one-year anniversary of Troubling Issues. So uh, my plan is to release an episode every week for the next month, and which will accumulate, accumulate in the special one-year anniversary episode 26. And we'll figure out what special things we're going to do for that. But... Uh, once again, thanks for listening, and I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Troubling Issues. Bye!